I just got involved with drugs. It was what everybody was doing at the time. So I began smoking marijuana and doing other things like that. Mitch Glazer says he was a drugged out Jewish hippie back in 1970 who had a lot of wrong ideas about Jesus Christ. But today, Mitch knows the truth about Jesus. We know that this baby that was born was no ordinary baby. He was God in the flesh who came and suffered and died for us. That's the one we worship this Christmas season. And that means a lot to me. Dr. Mitch Glazer is our guest on this Christmas episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. Mitch is president of Chosen People Ministries, and he's going to share some of the defining moments of his life, like how he came to faith in Jesus. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Most of Mitch's stories take place in California and New York. And it was in New York City that Billy Graham held his last crusade in 2005. Mitch Glazer was there and even gave the closing prayer. You'll hear that later in this episode, along with Billy Graham's message about being born again. This is a great and wonderful city, and I'm asking you tonight to come and be born into God's family. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to be born into God's family right now, you can check out findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I live in the true Holy Land, Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I've lived there almost the last 30 years, but I was actually born there, uh, but raised in another borough of New York City called Queens. Both my parents were Jewish, and so born into a very Jewish home. Mitch describes his parents' Jewish faith as modern Orthodox. As a boy, Mitch went to Hebrew school and had a traditional bar mitzvah when he turned 13. After I was bar mitzvah, I continued to be part of the Jewish community. And then uh, eventually my family uh, moved to the suburbs. And during that time period, because I was sort of ripped from New York, where, you know, as a young kid, you have the subways, you can go anywhere you want, you have freedom. And I moved to New Jersey and I couldn't go anywhere. And there, if I did, there was nowhere to go. And uh, so we were out in these suburbs and it's really pretty much out in the country. And so I was very um, sort of disoriented. And honestly, I, I just got involved with drugs. It was what everybody was doing at the time. So I began smoking marijuana and doing other things like that. And uh, went from being sort of a smart Jewish boy to a very dumb Jewish boy. After barely graduating from high school and then dropping out of college in the first semester, Mitch decided to move to California. Remember, this was 1970, and hippie culture was thriving on the West Coast. California was the place to go. California was where it was happening. And so I went out to San Francisco. And San Francisco was, you know, it was just, you know, dynamic at that time, so much happening. And I lived uh, with a kind of a commune with about, I don't know, maybe 15 roommates in a three-bedroom apartment. It was pretty cheap. You know, I kind of duplexed a closet and lived there. So he certainly dove headfirst into the hippie lifestyle. After Mitch had been enjoying himself for a few months in California, a friend from New York came for a visit. She was a smart girl and Jewish girl and realized that we were going nowhere fast. And so she decided to go up to Oregon. The funny thing is she got picked up hitchhiking by two brand new two-week-old 
born-again, ex-biker, Gentile Christians. And so they began sharing the gospel with her on the long ride to Oregon. And I don't know if it was to get rid of them or to uh, to do something. You know, she, maybe she couldn't take it anymore. And she said, yes, I believe, I believe, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but she really did come to faith. And she moved in with these guys who were part of a Christian commune. So it's a different kind of commune. This is one where the Bible was preeminent, God's love was all over the place, there were no drugs, and uh, it, was, it was really a marvelous place. Mitch didn't think that Christian commune in Oregon was a marvelous place at the time, especially when another one of his friends accepted Christ there. When that happened, Mitch decided it was time for a rescue mission. I had to go up there and save them because I was a a better Jew than they were, you know? And so I, I went up there and I did what I could, but nobody would argue with me. They would just put their arms around me and say, oh, that's a good question. They would smile. They would say, oh, you know, God loves you. And it was driving me crazy. Nobody would fight with me. And then finally, the old guy who was running the place said, you know, Mitch, all your questions are answered in this book. And he handed me a Bible. And I began reading my Bible, the Old Testament, and I loved it. I loved it. Did you just catch that, what Mitch said there? He said, my Bible, referring to the Old Testament. He'd read it as a kid, but he'd never really been able to understand the Old Testament because he had read it in Hebrew. Now that he had a copy in English, Mitch was fascinated by the stories in the Bible. It was exciting. The Bible has something for everybody, doesn't it? Mystery, romance, adventure. It's like a, uh, it's a good spy novel. I mean, you know, David and his, and his men and his activities. It's just fantastic. And I really wanted to know the God that Abraham and David and Moses knew, I just didn't want it to be Jesus, because if it was Jesus, I'd have to tell my mother, and then that was it. You know, and I already caused them enough grief. To fully understand why Mitch would never want to tell his mother, you'd have to go back to Mitch's childhood. Because I was born in 1952, and uh, so I was kind of a post-Holocaust baby, and post-World War II baby, of course. And... My grandparents had pictures all over their walls of, of relatives I would never meet. And in the, in the Jewish mind, uh, these Jewish people that were killed in Poland and in Russia and other parts of Eastern Europe in particular and parts of Western Europe during the Holocaust, they were killed by Christians. Now, most of us know that that's not really the case. Well, from the Jewish mindset, they were Christians. So if there was one thing Jews didn't do, it was believe in Jesus. Despite that, the newfound faith of Mitch's two friends left him curious to learn more. And he kept thinking about Jesus when he returned to his job in California as a camp counselor in the Redwood Forest. I really enjoyed living there during the week. And, but then I couldn't shake the Jesus thing. And one day I just said, God, if you're really there, show me and show me how I'm supposed to get to you because I didn't know. Eastern religions, Moses, becoming an Orthodox Jew. Um, I had no idea. And so I prayed that prayer in the morning. Then at night, 
one of my kids wanted to call his mother, so I brought him down to the one phone booth in the camp, public phone booth, about midnight probably, and the moon was kind of piercing through the redwood trees, and one of the moonbeams landed on the ledge where there should have been a phone book, but instead was a copy of another book called Good News for Modern Man, which I eventually realized was a modern English version of the New Testament. So just imagine, I pray, God, show me, and show me how I'm supposed to get to you, and then I find a New Testament. In modern English, no, you know, so it was great because my reading skills uh, were a little bit down. Uh, it was the drugs. Mitch began reading the New Testament he found at the phone booth, and soon he made a huge discovery. I realized Jesus was Jewish. You know, I kept looking for where Jesus celebrated Christmas and Easter and couldn't find it. I, I had no idea. Jesus was absolutely Jewish, and he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah in fulfillment of the prophecies that God gave to the Jewish people about the coming Messiah. It's just that there was a two-step process that Jewish people didn't really understand. We thought he would come once, reign as king in Jerusalem, and bring the Jewish people back to the the glory they had under King David. Uh, But we didn't read the other part which was in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 and other passages where he would come humbly like in Zechariah 9 and he would die for the sins of the Jews and the Gentiles. And so that slowly began to dawn on me. With this new realization, it wasn't long before Mitch Glazer knew it was time to make a very important decision. So one day I was on a hike with our kids, the kids I was caring for on the beach and and uh, I was just looking at the sky, looking at the, the ocean and thinking all I could think about was making this decision, you know, and that was the point right there. One foot on Highway 1, I just said, if you're there, I'm going to believe in you. And you've shown me that you're there. So I knew Jesus was Jewish and I even believed that he was God in the flesh. And so I accepted Jesus as my Messiah. The last thing I ever expected to do in my life, believe me. After he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, Mitch began to see immediate changes in his heart and in his life. That day I stopped doing drugs, never touched a drug again, and he began transforming my life. My sins were forgiven. I was cleansed, and I felt joy. I know it sounds almost cliche-ish, but it really happened to me. I guess when you're really very far from the Lord and you you then make that decision and your sins, you know your sins are forgiven and you have this new relationship with God and everything was settled. I mean, I really felt like a different man. And then my life just began transforming a mile a minute. And uh, well, uh, God is a good and gracious God. Part of the transformation in Mitch's life was his decision to move back to New Jersey to witness to his family and also to enroll in Bible college. After that, Mitch went to seminary at Biola University near Los Angeles. And then uh, married a beautiful Jewish believer uh, who was uh, going to the University of Southern California, who was from Argentina and then moved to Los Angeles, uh, met her while I was going to seminary. And together we've been serving the Lord all over the globe. 
uh, for the last 45 years, sharing the good news that Jesus is the Messiah for both Jews and Gentiles. Today, Mitch is the president of Chosen People Ministries. As he said, their mission is to share the gospel of Jesus with people all around the world. Mitch says that many Jewish people feel the same way about Jesus as he did before he accepted Christ as his Savior. So, it's important for Chosen People Ministries to make clear the connections between Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah and Jesus' fulfillment of those prophecies in the New Testament. Because a Jewish person needs to understand that what they're going to believe in is the Jewish Messiah, and that they're not going to give up being a Jew if they believe in Jesus. It's, it's the number one objection. If I believe in Jesus, I'm no longer a Jew. We've died to stay Jewish. How could I possibly do that? And that was what my grands, grandparents told me. They said, we left Russia under persecution from the Christians, and now you've become one of them. I mean, how do you answer that? It's, it's very difficult. And so uh, we have great tools at chosenpeople.com, and we'd love to, sh- to share them. We also have a whole series, dozens and dozens of Messianic Jewish testimonies of Jewish people coming to faith in Jesus. Stories are powerful. They're what really help, particularly Jewish people who are sort of resistant to the gospel, understand not only that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, but that you really can be Jewish and believe in Jesus. And here's some advice from Mitch. The holiday season, he says, is a great time to share your faith in Christ. Don't be afraid of bringing up the gospel with your Jewish friends, especially during the Christmas season. But the way to bring up the gospel during the Christmas season is ask your Jewish friend about Hanukkah. Do you celebrate Hanukkah? What foods do you eat? Um, I hear you give uh, presents to the children every night of Hanukkah. Tell me about the story of Hanukkah. And then... When you hear all this, then say, by the way, did you know that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah? So I guess that sort of makes me a little bit Jewish um, because my Messiah celebrated Hanukkah. And the Jewish person might say, really? How, how's that? Where's that? And then you can just don't be afraid. Read, read John 10 uh, to them. Let, them. let them see it for themselves. Don't try and be pushy. Just share as you would with any friend and uh, let them do Uh, what they want with the information. But it's a great way to have a testimony to Jewish people at this time of year. And at this time of year, being Jewish and a believer in Christ, Mitch gets two holidays to celebrate. I still celebrate Hanukkah, but of course, uh, I have come to love uh, 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 Christmas in my own Jewish way. And uh, I love two prophecies that are my favorite Christmas prophecies. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 where we uh, learn the four names for the Messiah prophetically. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then I love Micah 5 too, uh, the Bethlehem prophecy. But there's one little phrase in there. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. We know that this baby that was born was no ordinary baby. This was not even just a ruler in Israel, not as the Jewish people are looking forward to. He was so much more. He was God in the flesh who came and suffered and died for us. That's the one we worship this Christmas season. And that means a lot to me. Come now, long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. 
from our fears and sins, release us, let us find our rest in Thee. Did Mitch Glazer's story make you want to learn more about having Jesus Christ as your Messiah? Or maybe he already is your Messiah and you'd like to know more about sharing your faith. Either way, we can help you out. Go to our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. about to hear an excerpt from Billy Graham's Last Crusade held in New York City in the summer of 2005. You're also going to hear Mitch talk about the part he played in that crusade. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I want to say it's great to be back in New York. Every time I see the statement that says, I love New York, I always pray for New York. Billy Graham. This is a great and wonderful city. Now tonight, I want you to turn with me for a verse of scripture. And I want to talk from that verse of scripture. Jesus was preaching and teaching. The people were following him. And there was a man in the crowd by the name of Nicodemus. He was a great teacher a great professor, a very rich man. And he asked Jesus some spiritual questions. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you're a great man, but you lack one thing. You must be born again. And I'm asking you tonight to come and be born into God's family. What is it? The Bible says we receive the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. When you come to Christ, He comes to live in your heart. He'll bring a peace and a joy to your heart that you've never known. And now back to the hosts of GPS, Phil Fleischman and Jim Kirkland. The message you just heard from Billy Graham was from his final crusade in New York City in June of 2005. And our guest on this episode of GPS, Dr. Mitch Glazer, was involved with that crusade. He gave the closing prayer after Mr. Graham's message. Our Father who dwells in heaven, the Holy One of Israel and Father of our Lord and Messiah, Jesus, thank you for all we have seen and heard tonight, for the clear message of good news that spans both testaments, that in spite of our sin, you loved us and sent your only Son, our Messiah, Jesus, to die for us, to rise in victory over death, enabling us to receive forgiveness through his sacrifice. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. That night for Mitch is one he will never forget. People came up and gave their hearts to the Lord. I had witnessed to a Jewish guy sitting in the crowd uh, before I went and waited to be called up to pray. He, had, he was chewing on a big cigar, you know, and he was in a business suit. Obviously, he was in New York for a, some kind of business meeting, I said, how did you get here? He said, ah, a friend of mine invited me, so I came out of curiosity. I said, okay. Well, afterwards, after I prayed and after the invitation, I went up to counsel with others, and I counseled the same man who gave his heart to the Lord. That was one of the high points of my life, 
praying on Erev Shabbat, the eve of the Sabbath, Friday night, about a half a mile from where I grew up. It's so cool how God brought Mitch's story full circle like that. Before we wrap up this part of the story, though, we wanted to tell you about an interesting thing that happened right before Mitch's prayer. Cliff Barrows introduced me to pray, and it was a very funny moment because Cliff Barrows said, Dr. Mitch Glazer, who is the beloved president of God's chosen people, will come and lead us in this closing prayer. His name is Dr. Mitch Glazer, and he is the president of God's chosen people. <laughs> and, uh, well, it was hysterical. And my, my my staff never let me forget it, especially my wife never let me forget it. And, you know, here comes the president of God's chosen people. Of all of them. Of all of them. Every one of them. Well, he may not be the president of all God's chosen people, but he is certainly the president of Chosen People Ministries. And we are grateful for that. God is doing great work through him in that role. Dr. Mitch Glazer joined us on this episode of GPS, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you for being here. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. From all of us here at GPS, a very Merry Christmas to you and yours. And finally, a thanks to Laura Story for the use of some of her music on this episode of GPS. God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Oh.